Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah What's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. Wait for the pause. And I'm Lee. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be going over Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. Yeah, Ephesians 2, chapter 10. Nope. In the book of opinions. (laughs) um, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Yeah, Ephesians 2, verse 10. Um, Uh, Yeah, that Ephesians uh, Ephesians chapter 10 is right next to the to the book of uh second opinions yeah it's second opinions yeah. that's a good book yeah it's that's deuterocanonical first book of hezekiah yeah yeah <laughs> it's my favorite yeah. hezekiah songs yep it belongs in your bible right next to maccabees or nephi or any other or non-inspired baruch. material or baruch Yep. Right next that, to Saul's jar. Do you know who rings. Baruch was? Do you know who? Well, Baruch I know who was? who Baruch was. Whatever That's the guy that, the guy from the story of uh, Deborah the judge. Well, you talking about a different yeah. guy? The, it was the scribe of Jeremiah. Oh snap! Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. <clears throat> nice. didn't he bring stuff to him when he was locked? You're not locked, but uh. When they dropped him in that uh, cistern? Yeah. Yep. Okay. But he has his right, own... It's come back to me now. His own apocryphal book, so... In his name. In his name. <laughs> That's... It's an interesting read, though. That's what we call Bible fan fiction. <laughs> it really is! I never thought of it that way. That's kind of cool. Now, the apocryphal books are really fun to read, but... And they can give you some historical perspective and stuff, but they are not the inspired word of God, but they are really cool to read and can give you some like historical context for things. Yeah. So Maccabees is legit have you, too. Have you ever read the book of Thomas? Yeah. I've read parts yeah. of it. Yeah. Dude. The, the Gospel that of Thomas. Is a trippy book. It like, really is. Stupid. I'm like Thomas. No way you, you know what? this. Y- you're a trippy book, Scott. You know, so, but I did finish a book. I'll, I will tell you this that I, I finished here just a few days ago. It was the uh, works of John Bunyan that Sean gave me. Um, it was a uh, <laughs> grace abounding to the chief centers. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the book. Um, I, I really enjoyed his, uh, his progression 
throughout his sanctification or and his his calling into sanctification, you know. I really enjoyed how he just how he wrote it out and I mean he was very honest about how he was and um, the things that he thought, the things that he did, the things that he said, and yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I just really, it, it just made it seem like, wow, we we have so much in common. Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. I'm like, this, he's a, he's a messed up dude just like me. Right. This dude's, he is a great writer, and man, his... His whole trip to salvation was just as rocky, bumpy as I can throw my testimony down as well. And I mean, it's just crazy. I was like, wow, that's actually, that's really cool. I really like that. So, yes, thank you, Sean, for that. I really enjoyed that book. Um, it was short, only like 100 pages. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's not like it's really good. Yeah. But anyway, yes, Lee. So we're on Ephesians 2, verse 10. Um, we'll go through 10 through... 12, and then we'll see where we leave off. So, who wants to read? Me, 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 How far do you want to go? Verse 12. Okay. I will be using, as Daryl Harrison says, the non-Arminian standard Bible. I like that. I might actually start using that. Yep. Just just credit Daryl. Daryl. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Boom. Okay, so here ends here ends the reading. Right. So so right here we have. <laughs> here ends the reading. <laughs> anyway, so right here we have in verse ten, um, he's following it up with what he has been stating through verses one through nine already. So for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Um, we were predestined. Our works, our works are only good because God allowed them to be good. Yeah, we can't make them right. good on our own. Right. I mean, He gave us the ability. Um, what what is the what's the phrase that I'm looking for? Um, I heard a pastor say it one time about our works being good. It's the only the only reason our works are good is because the grace of God and the faith that He gave you attributed to your works. I can't remember how it goes. Well, and the, and the thing is, since we're talking about talking about works the the thing is we can do what we might call good works outside of faith you know there are a lot of people who who uh, do charitable work and and uh, help meet some of the physical needs of people um, in our country and around the world and totally hate uh, God 
you know, are they're not believers, um, they're disinterested. So, but they do these what we would call, you know, moral works. Um, but they're not good works because good the only good works are the are the works that glorify God. And you can't do those outside of faith in Christ and being forgiven and uh, redeemed from the curse. So you could do all the moral good works you want and be the best person and, you know, feed orphans in India and, you know, do whatever. But if you're doing that without um, a sense of worship to God because you, you still hate God and you're not a believer, those aren't good works. Not in God's eyes. Right. Those are those right, are still exactly, filthy right. works because they're done right, because with your intents in mind, you know, with your own ego. Right, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So your pride is always in the way. Right, right. There's always there's always an inkling in what you are doing that you are glorifying yourself. You're like, Yeah, I did a good job today. You know. <sighs> yeah, you did a good job, but guess what? The only reason you did a good job is because God allowed you to do a good job. And give yeah. you the yeah, you always want to wanna, do a good job. Yeah, you always want to pat yourself on the back when you do something good, and yeah. uh, that that's that's it's that's where the sin comes in. But you know, uh, Isaiah says our best works are as filthy rags. So yeah, and I mean, I struggle with this on a daily <clears throat> basis, and I I'm sure every other human being. Oh yeah, with me this too. Every day. Um, we we do as Amer- as Americans or human beings we enjoy praise you know we enjoy oh uh, yeah hearing that hey you did you did a good job today or hey you know you're really uh really exceeding you know you're you're at the top of your game you are the head honcho yada yada you're number one in this whole area yada yada so I mean we want to we, be praised. We enjoy that. We get we get inflamed by our own ego and our own prideful um, thoughts of ourselves, which will get into the way of what we are doing in worship with God. We become the idol that we are worshiping instead of God, and it, and, it, and it really gets in the way of fellowship. It gets in the way of your worship. Um, gets in the way of your friendships around because they start to see you as arrogant and pompous. Um, I've struggled with this a lot of my life. Um, I can get arrogant and what, what people would call cocky. But I mean, over the years I have really, really tried to dial it down to as, as little as I can. Um, I do get into like little joking matters and stuff like that. But, um, controlling what I should take pride in and what I do take pride in. I take pride to that I am doing a good work. You know, I take pride that I'm doing a good job because if I do a good job, I'm glorifying God, you know. Um, right. God gave me the ability. I'm putting my effort in, and I'm giving it everything I got, you know. Um do I do that at my job? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> no. I, How many people do? But, um, I mean, we all we all struggle with pride, and pride is a very difficult um, sin to get into. And if you cut pride open, it can go down all types of different alleys. Um, so, I mean, pride is a very difficult sin to really 
hone in on when it actually branch. It's it's almost like a root that just spreads throughout your body um, and just takes mm-hmm. over because it, it has different areas it controls. And um, but you know, I think so. I think we oh sorry go we ahead. all struggle with it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think there's an aspect in verse ten that. I would say would mitigate against our pride where it says um, that we're, you know, we're his workmanship created for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And I think that is an, an, uh, a really important thing to remember uh, in terms of our pride, because if we know that God has already prepared our good works beforehand, it's not like we can pat ourselves on the back for being so creative in our obedience uh, or trusting in ourselves yeah. to be able to recognize, oh, this is what I should do to be obedient to God. No, actually, he has laid out your good works to perform. And as you're more and more conformed to the image of Christ, you're going to walk in that way because that's the way he's designed you to walk once you're in communion with him. So these good works, they're not going to come from you even after you're redeemed. They've been set out for you, and you're just walking in them as as you're following his will. Hang on, sir. Are you saying that God just um, recorded this? before the foundation of the world and just hit play. Yeah. Do you know no, how many times no. I've heard that? Do you know how many times no. I've heard that nonsense? I just he wanna... he looked down the corridors of yes. time. <laughs> it's just time magazines just stapled to the walls all the way down that hallway. And then little sprigs of the herb oh, time delicious. floating around. I love that herb. Yeah. We are guys with Bibles and we are guys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I... Sorry, go ahead, Sean. I know you're oh. going to expand on this. No, bring fi- it home. Fini- I was going to say, finish your thought. Okay, I will then. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, I mean, in some way, you know, obviously it says here that God laid those things out beforehand. But what's what's beautiful is that in in the in the life of the Christian, yes, those things are laid out beforehand. But we've been called to obey, and that's an active thing on our part. You know, to to um, to be in communion with God, to read his word, to understand what he expects us to do as believers, what he's called us to do, and and to take opportunities as he lays them out before us. You know, it's not a, it's not a robotic thing. It's the more you're conformed to the image of Christ in your journey in sanctification after being uh after being saved um and radically converted, you're going to see those opportunities and you'll desire to take them. Yes, God is has laid that out for you to do, but in the same way too, in your own heart you feel those urges to be obedient, and that to some degree that that does come from you. You know, you want you right. actively as a Christian, you actively want to obey and enjoy uh, God and His blessings, and do what honors Him and not do what dishonors Him. Uh, the two things do work together very well. You know, yes, God has 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 uh, predetermined what's what's happening in the world and what He's called us to do, but we also actively obey His direct commands in Scripture, too. Right. We're we're exactly. still responsible exactly. for that. Exactly. Right. Okay, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for the floor. So, uh, I just kind of wanted to. Well, who was it on Twitter that wanted us to talk more about uh, faith and works? I just kind of wanted to hammer that that point home that we, if you look back at verse nine, it says not from works so that no one can boast. 
and then we get into 10 and it says uh, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. We can't brag about what oh, we're it's, doing here. It was blessed and bearded, dude. Yeah. Was it blessed and bearded? Okay. Sorry, we had a, we had a lot of All tweets. Right. Uh, we've had a lot of tweets the last few days. Uh, but he's a huge uh, supporter of the show. He's been listening for a while. So shout out to you, blessed and bearded. Hey, and uh, hope you get that uh, pastoral job, too. Uh, he just recently candidated a sermon at a local church, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. Praying for you, buddy. But but there's there's two points that I wanted to make in verse 10, and that's one is, one is good works are the fruit of our salvation, not the cause of it. Boom. Do you guys Boom. disagree with that? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, root, the root and the fruit and, concept is really important, I think especially for reformed people like us because if you get that backwards you destroy people with that yeah or if you get it too far to one side so what's the root what's the root yeah well it's not your works <laughs> the, the root, so it must be the the root other is one. christ's works <laughs> You know, everything everything right. good that we do all We yeah, that's the funny thing. We are saved mm-hmm. by works, just not right. our own. We're saved by Christ's works. Yep. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Which, you know, you know, uh, people it's like it's so frustrating because people are shooting on on either side of the target. They're either going way to one direction where they say that your works save you and yes, you could repent and believe, but if you don't have enough good works, you're going to hell anyway. Or they, they hit the opposite side of the target where they say that your works don't matter at all, that once once you're a believer, you could go do whatever heinous sins you want and you're still getting in. Like the, yeah, you don't like have to punch. Yeah, you don't have to love thy neighbor. You don't have to love right. your neighbor as yourself. You don't have to do that. You, you just have to believe in Jesus. Well, you can't have one without right. the other. So Right. You know, that's kind of weird because Paul says, um, are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. It's presumptuous to live that way, and I think I think uniquely uh, reformed folks, um, Calvinists too, but I think especially reformed people uh, in the in the broader sense than just simply Calvinism. Uh, I think we hit that. I think we hit the balance correctly on that. Yes, we we recognize that our our ultimate salvation is through Christ's work of redemption. Uh, in our hearts, but then at the same time, we have to have the accompanying fruit uh, that comes from that uh, that salvation and a journey in sanctification uh, as a witness to the world of what God's done in us. Exactly, and I think right. I think when um, when people see um, a person who has been transformed by the Holy Spirit, who has been um, redeemed by Christ. They, they see the works that they do differently than they would see the works that someone who is not regenerated and how they do it. You know what I mean? Um, they might be like, well, the way you, you treat things like this and you handle things is a lot differently than the way so-and-so handles things and takes... Um, takes us all in. Um, 
more of a self-honoring aspect or you you may take it as you know what hey god provided me i'm here i'm a helping hand what else do you want me to do you know i'm not nothing else than i have two hands two feet and i can i can do what i can do so other people will be like well i'm a little bit more costly you know <laughs> <laughs> right all right do we want to move on to the kind of the next thought sure so i'm very interested in verses 11 and 12 so yeah, cause we get into the are therefore. you yeah what's the therefore therefore <laughs> therefore therefore well, uh, we get we get the furtherance of the gospel message that we got so clearly in verses one through ten, um, but Paul kind of spins it using the the idea of circumcision, which obviously his his Jewish uh, readers would would have latched onto um, immediately. immediately because they're yeah. they're intimately connected with that um, that right R I T E yeah. um, that oh, maybe we would call a sacrament. Um, of of Judaism was the circumcision. Yeah, you know the CSB does not say therefore, and it kind of makes me sad. It says so then. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Because <laughs> that thing. Because yeah. it's the translation for compromisers. You there, must no, you the have translation to get out of the Tiber that... River, man. It's hey. <laughs> it's the tran. <laughs> it's the. <laughs> It's the translation for people that compromise. Do you go yeah. around saying therefore all the yeah. time? <laughs> therefore. Yeah, I actually use it in a bunch of my transitions on my uh in my school papers and essays. And Not stuff. in school papers and everyday conversations. Yes, do you I say do. therefore? You know, I try to throw in a little Paul terminology every <laughs> once in a while. I, I don't. I say so then. Uh, you whatever. So, You're so full whatever, of it. Dude. It's a sin to lie, Sean. So then. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You're about go on! Full of Super Bowl rings Let's go! Bengals are. <laughs> hey, you keep my leave my Bengals out of this. You got it? Oh, man. I, man. I know where you live. Well, so anyway, <laughs> you, using... So then. Right. Therefore... Actually, there, there, <laughs> there's nothing to say therefore to in that sentence, because that was a complete non sequitur. So, uh, Ha. Um, but but using using the idea of circumcision, Paul is painting the picture of how his Gentile readers came into the covenant themselves. So these people who right. were considered by um, by Jews uh, unclean, you know, Gentiles, they're separate Israelites, and then you know Jews, they were circumcised as a sign of the covenant uh, as eight eight day old babies males and that sign set them apart from everybody else that they would come to meet outside of their community of faith and and now and right. that was the distinctive mark um that in keeping the sabbath uh for the jewish people um all through you know the the old testament and here now we have people from outside yep. that covenant community coming in with a different kind of circumcision you know he'll paul speak elsewhere right. of the circumcision of the heart um, which would be salvation, and and that becomes the the mark for the, the covenant community. 
that circumcision of heart, not some external sign that was that was commanded at one time. Right. Yeah, it's pretty like this is pretty extreme, really, to especially to the to the Jews of the time that Gentiles could even be thought of as included at all in any promises of God. Uh, if you look back at verses one to three of chapter two in Ephesians, that kind of explains how Gentiles in the flesh, as he mentions here in verse 11, uh, verses one to three, they're morally separated from God, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, and, but, but here in verse 11, they're also, they're, they're separated from the covenants, the, the, the knowledge of Christ through the covenants there, they have no, they have no rights whatsoever. Right. You know what I well, mean? And you think about, you go back to the earliest points of uh, Israel's worship back, say back in the tabernacle days, there was always a place for Gentile God fearers in the worship system, but they were on the very outskirts. Right. They, e- even the women in the community could go further into the house of worship than Gentiles could. They were stayed at the at the furthest point out. Yeah. Th- so. Yeah. There. There's. There. They left room for them, but they it, definitely. It was not an all inclusive thing. It, so they didn't exclude right. Gentiles no. from worshiping Yahweh, but they definitely were not on the inside of the covenant the same way that uh, an Israelite would have been. Now, if they would have become circumcised and everything, could they like? fully no. participate or well it was it in it ethnicity, ethnicity let me dive into this we'll dive okay. into this so basically the gentiles they uh the uncircumcised experienced two types of alienation during that um the first was a social resulting in the animosity that had existed between the jews and the gentiles for thousands of years um the jews considered gentiles to be outcast objects of derision and reproach. The second was the most significant type of alienation, which was spiritual, because Gentiles, as people, were cut off from God in the five, in f- about five different ways. Um, one, they were separated from Christ, the Messiah, having no Savior and deliverer without divine purpose or destiny. Two, they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, God's chosen people, the Jews, were a nation whose supreme king and lord uh, was God, and from the unique blessing and protection of that they benefited from. Um, the third one is Gentiles were strangers to the covenant of promise, um, not able to partake of God's divine covenants in which he promised to give the people all a land, a priesthood, and a people, a nation, a kingdom, um, and a king, and to those who believe in him, eternal life in heaven. Um, the fourth one, they had no hope because they had been given no divine promise. And the fifth one was, they were without God in the world. While Gentiles had many gods, they did not recognize the true God because they did not want him. Romans 1, 18. That's from Logos. So Who, I thought that was really whose good. Whose commentary is that from? Did it say? I, I want to say... Let me go. Hang on, there you go. I think that's MacArthur. Really? Very nice. Yep. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, MacArthur. Let me try to link. Well, wait, those notes aren't available just online. Be cool to link somebody yeah. to that. Well, I mean, everyone has a stinking MacArthur study <laughs> yeah. Bible. I, I don't. 
So I don't. Ah. Shame on you. But yeah, yeah it, it, they were definitely ostracized, and a, a big goal of Paul's obviously was was uh, showing Gentiles that they've been grafted in, and this is one of his ways of explaining it in his letters. Um, that, that at one time they were separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants with no hope and without God. But they're not so anymore. Right, and that's that's right. gospel. Boom. Uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to read a passage like this about circumcision being inward and not go full Baptist on it. I'm willing to do that right now if if you guys want to do that with me. <laughs> you know what? Are, are you are you going to correlate it to 1689? Well, I mean, we could. I was just thinking, just as the the circumcision of the heart, you know, where the the rite of circumcision uh, under the old covenant often gets conflated with. Uh, uh, infant Ezekiel. infant baptism. Uh, oh, no, right. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but what actually, what circumcision is, is a sign of the promises that have already been given. Right, right. and I think I think God speaks of this um, radically in Ezekiel 36, verses yeah. um, 26, it starts, uh, 25, actually, I would say. Um, it says in verse 25 of chapter 36 of Ezekiel, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to you and your forefathers so that you will be my people and I will be your God. Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanness and I will call you for the grain to multiply it and I will not bring a famine upon you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and produce the field so that you will not receive again the disgrace of the famine among the nations." And it goes on, and then it goes into the Valley of Vision. That clean water but, comes with fr- comes from new life. That's yeah, what it exactly. Stands in for. And it, this is God circumcising the heart. Yeah, right it's here. like He it, is removing the heart of stone and giving you a heart, new heart of flesh, which is the flesh of the Spirit, the flesh of Christ. And Paul lays it out really well in Romans two, also two twenty eight and twenty nine. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. That's a clear reference to salvation in terms of of uh, um, circumcision, right there. And right. we could keep we could keep you know tying things in, tying things in like that. But it's it's hard to not see that connection between the former sign of of circumcision and I what I theologically take to be the fulfillment of that sign, the antitype, so to speak, in believer's baptism. Right, and which is submersion. Right. right. Uh, and in order to be baptized, I would say that you have to be a believer. Um, or as Paul would say in Corinthians, um, if, if the husband is not not a believer, but the wife is a believer, then the household is saved. Um, they, 
they may be saved under the grace in that household, but but that, that doesn't mean they're converted believers. They're not. They're not converted believers, and I, I can't. I can't. But that tell does you, that does correlate to that statistic of um, if a if the man of the house is a Christian and goes to church, that it, it ends up being more likely that the members of his household will also become believers. There's something about yeah, especially I actually that. have a percentage of that. Uh, I don't have the book up here, but anyways. Oh, disappointed. We'll get to that next episode. Disappointed. Yeah, well, I really wasn't planning on you bringing that up, but anyways. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's more of a, a rabbit trail because I don't want to get I don't want to get too far into that. Yes, we are 1689, but um, I really want to talk about salvation here more than anything else. I'm glad to talk about baptism yeah. sometime, but it's I I see it as a side note to this. Because it's it's mainly about this is about salvation, and this is people yeah. outside of what was historically known as God's people, and actually we're we're seeing the full picture Coming of who the of who God's people adopted. truly are. Yeah, God's yes. people are adopted, and they've always been adopted. He just adopted, <laughs> you know. He he showed it through one particular ethnic group at one time, but his whole plan all along was to was to open up salvation through his Son to all the peoples of the world. Let right, let the nations right. be glad. All right, Sean. Where can they find us? Okay, so you can go to our website, guyswithbibles.com, and check out our blogs there, and the podcast feed is on there. And you can also find us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or really... Any any podcast software that you use, we're on there pretty much. So uh, just search Guys with Bibles and hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review if you want to. And uh, you can... Uh, what, where, what else do we got here? Oh, yeah, the uh, social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just search Guys with Bibles and uh, join our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. And uh, you can email us directly at guyswbibles.com. At gmail.com. Oh, yeah, at gmail.com. And then also we are part of the Bar Podcast Network. So so please check out the other awesome podcasts in that network. Uh, Lee, what do we got? We've got Just Thinking, which just had a recent, uh, just complete, a home run of an episode on woke worship from the G3 conference. It was a live recording, actually, at the G3 conference, which was pretty cool. Uh, check out Just Thinking, Truth and Fire, obviously the the Bar podcast, which is Dwayne's interview show, Dwayne's Sidebar, Mario Esco Live, Pastor Discussion, and Biblical and Reformed Spitters. Looks like Barlow is, yeah. is uh, bringing bars back. Happy to see that. Whoop. We inspired oh, him. So great. I really enjoyed that episode talking to him. Yeah, what a gem. It, it okay, really so, that's a, anyway, I, I could go on and definitely, on. Definitely. Yippee Kaye, bros. Well, <laughs> Yippee Kaye. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're guys with Bibles, and we're out.